Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Thursday. It is February 14th. It's 2019, and love is in the air for this three-game slate. Um, yeah, joined by my buddy Will, Chief Justice 06. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, man. We'll see how I'm doing at the end of the night. I got a little sweat going, um, but I don't. I don't know. I, I got to look and see where. First place is right now. I've got a, a lineup left with Curry and Durant going. And uh, I think I was like in the 260, 270 area when it started on FanDuel. So we'll just see. I, I, we'll see as it goes along. But other than that, man, everything's it, it, it's going all right. Definitely excited about a three-game slate to close it out. And then we'll get us a little break. And I'm definitely going to enjoy my break. Yes, um, going to enjoy my break as well. Um, and that break means absolutely nothing for me because uh, I got NASCAR stuff going on. Is that NASCAR? <laughs> we were at uh, Daytona 500 Media Day today, which is just a long day. We get there at 7 o'clock in the morning. We don't get done till 5 o'clock at night. It, it's just a, it's never ending. It's nonstop. And, well, the process, you know, you trust the process. You get those RG alerts. You see that. You know, Kyrie's not going to play. You see Rogier's not going to play. You see the news that is not going to play. And you just absolutely trust your process. You plug in your Boston guys, and you just continue to play Lowry and Sykem or Pascal um, Sayakum. And you just – you trust the process. Like, Will, I'm, I'm on my phone, and I've done – I did the morning grind, so I did research for that. I had all my stuff covered – as, as far as writing premium content yesterday. So I did my first look and then I, I really didn't do anything else on, on the slate. And I just absolutely trusted the process. And before we get into those three games, I, I just want to continue to tell our listeners that you just have to trust the process. We know who gets the bumps with certain guys off the floor for certain teams. I just trusted the process, Will. And I'm guessing... The little sweat that you have going, I know that you're all about those um, Raptors when those guys are out. So I'm guessing that little sweat team has uh, Mr. Sayakam as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, well, I mean, you know my rules. There, there's no way I don't make a, a team with, uh, with with the Raptors guys when, when uh, Kawhi is out. I just don't do it. So, uh, you know. It's just a part of my 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 daily routine, man. Uh, let me see who I had in there. Uh, I, I didn't have Lowry, but I did have Siakam in that one. I decided to. So on this one, I sided with Curry. So I went Curry, Kadeem Allen, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, KD, Luau Deng, Larry Nance, Pascal, and Al Horford. And uh, so I've got KD and Curry left. And it's actually looking like the score that I'm going to drop is probably going to be Kadeem Allen at 27. So we'll, we'll just have to see where Katie and Curry end up. But, yeah, I, I, I for sure had Siakam. I think, in, I, think I had him 100% today after that news. Again, you just trust the process. Don't overthink this kind of stuff. Uh, NBA is one of those sports. There's reasons that guys get bumps uh, when certain players are off the floor, and you know, trusting the process. Obviously, it worked out. Siakam went bonkers, yeah, and it worked out. But uh, again, um, I just wanted to, you know, reiterate something that we talk about all the time. You, you trust the process. Um, all those guys out for Boston, you knew that uh, certain guys were going to get bumps there, so. Uh, not even looking at numbers or anything like that. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where I was still just like, you know what? 
Sorry, I've totally lost my train of thought. My wife just texted me and told me that we have a parent-teacher conference at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I want to get up from doing this podcast right now, and I want to go throw my phone at her. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, wow. Oh, that, that's the that's the problem with having your phone right in front of you. Um, uh, you know, when you're looking at your computer screen, it's right in front of me on my desk. And um, I saw a text and I just, babe, you know how tired I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on, give me a break here. Oh, 7 a.m. teacher parent conference. Oh, on that note, let's talk. <laughs> Oh man! Oh. All right, let's talk about this three games slate. Before we do that, let's talk about our awesome sponsor over there on Fantasy Draft. If you want to get in on playing the listeners' league, jump in over there. It'll be in the comments of the podcast page here on Roto Grinders. If you just click podcast, you click Morning Grind with Thursday, February fourteenth, two thousand nineteen. Scroll down to the comments. The link will be right there. You can play in our listeners league. I'll have that posted um, right there um, as soon as I post this podcast. So when you're listening to this, it'll be up there. It's an awesome little tournament. You know, you're not going to get rich off of playing this tournament, but pay 60 bucks in first place. It only goes down to 48 for second. It's a very structured payout. It's what we asked for. They delivered. Um, so you're almost it's almost a double entry um when you're getting your you're almost getting your money's back um you know 15 through 18 is going to get nine bucks you're getting four out of five back so play in our listeners league i want to continue to grow this thing um we've had some tough time filling this it'd be interesting to see what the ownerships and everything look like in, in our listeners league today um so Make sure you check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links so we get access to any of the cool promos that we do with Fantasy Draft. Um, I, I really like him playing over on Fantasy Draft, Will. I, I like no late swap. I like what they did with Wednesday Slate, taking out those two early games, letting me adjust my lineups a little bit more to news. Uh, really liking the roster construction over there. Uh, you know, I was able to, you know, fit in almost everything that I wanted really quick. And, and uh, you know, that's always very important when I'm trying to do things on the run. So really, really enjoying the fantasy draft product and um, really happy you guys are playing over there in our listeners league. Let's talk about this three gamer. Uh, we start with our teams it's like a bad we, we need like a. I don't think either one of us feel confident about betting uh, on this game. Um, <laughs> we got Charlotte at Orlando. It's a 215 total. Orlando is favored by three in this game. Tony Parker is doubtful. Malik Monk is questionable, and Mo Bamba is out. Uh, let's start with Charlotte's. What are we looking at here uh, on the Charlotte Bobcats? Just kidding. <laughs> Gotta talk a little smack, right? Yeah, man. Look, this I think this is one of the first pods we've had where we get a mono a mono straight up fan fest here. Uh, this is gonna be fun. So uh, I think we just need to stack this game for just just for 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 kicks because there's there's no way we don't stack this game today as both of us being fans. So everybody out there, I'm gonna at least have one stack of this game. Uh, I have to do it. With, on that note, I, I actually I, I like Kimba here. Um, I, I do think he's a little expensive just because uh, there's no secret. I, I'm going to stack against Atlanta today. It's just they're playing the Knicks, so we got to figure out what I'm going to do. But I like Jeremy Lamb again today, 5,700. Uh, Magic have kind of struggled with the wings and so have Charlotte. So uh, I, I'm looking for all of the wings in this game to just have a field day. So Jeremy Lamb is actually – Probably one of my favorite plays. Uh, Shelvin Mack didn't really get as many minutes. I think he got about 12, 12 or 15 minutes or something like that his first game. Maybe he picks up a few more, but uh, I'm just going to side with the fact that I think they're going to do something similar. The last game, uh, Kimba, Lamb, Batum, Marvin would have played a few more. He had like a little toe injury. And even uh, Cody Zeller, these guys played big minutes. I think Cody Zeller is a big-time uh, value. If he's going to play 35 minutes, we just need to plug and play. Uh, same thing for, for Marvin. The, uh, you know, if these cheap Charlotte guys 
Lamb, Marvin, and Zeller are all going to play 35 minutes. I think we have to consider them. And I'd be willing to fade Kimba to do that. Yeah. You know, when I'm looking at the Charlotte team, obviously, if I'm looking at ceiling, I think I look at Kimba. He hasn't been great against the Magic this season, uh, but he's been playing really good recently. And you know that being a fan. He's gone for at least 50 fantasy points now in five straight games. And the shot attempts, you know, we, we can talk about the dude, you know, scoring 50 fantasy points all we want. But the fact is this guy's playing 37 plus minutes a night in six straight games. And he's taken over 20 shot attempts in five straight now. Um, and, and like 22 shot attempts, not even just 20. So the the ceiling for Kimba is really high right now. Uh, he's chucking everywhere. Like he, he's shooting threes. Um, this is the Kimba we like. This is the guy, the aggressive, I am the best player on this team. I am the alpha male. I am the big dog. I'm going to shoot. This is the Kimba we like to play in DFS. Um, I don't mind him. Uh, I don't mind Zeller. Vooch has been really good against centers this season. Um, and, you know, when we think of Zeller... I don't really think Zeller is a guy that could potentially beat up Vooch, but I think you're playing him more like you said. He's cheap. He's you know he's been really consistent recently, and you know you're playing him because of that because raw points are going to matter on this slate. Oh yeah. Uh, on, on an eleven game slate, five X isn't getting you anywhere. On a three game slate, five to six X, um, <laughs> you know, it could definitely be the pieces that you need to win tournaments. Uh, so. Yeah, and then Jeremy Lamb, like you said, uh, Magic, not very good at defending um, wings or three-point lines, so um, don't hate those guys. Uh, what are you looking at here on the Orlando Magic? Well, uh, we, we just talked about Vooch. I mean, Vooch is obviously the number one center play on this slate, bar none. Uh, can you fit him in? He is now 10K on DK. Uh, I think he's maybe hit this price once this year, maybe. But uh, like you said, raw points are going to matter. So, you know, when I look at the, the landscape of centers, uh, I mean, we're going to get to Anthony Davis at 9K, which I think is something we got to talk about. But as far as just pure center play, you got to think that Vooch is one of the best plays out there. So I think if you can fit him in, uh, I, I certainly think you need to try. I think he's going to have a, a good game here. As far as, you know, Jonathan Isaac, geez, I mean, he's just been – crushing recently and in Evan Fournier at 5,500 Terrence Ross at 5,200. I think these wing players are a little bit too cheap uh, for this matchup. I know Terrence Ross didn't have a good game against New Orleans. That was just a, a blowout from the start. He didn't even really have to play. I mean, if you look at his minutes, he played 18 minutes and Mr. Briscoe got a fair amount of that, that blowout run. But I, I like Terrence Ross here again in this spot. I think he could have a huge game. Uh, but these wing players, uh, they're just all too cheap. I'm not going to mention Aaron Gordon. I don't think he's a, a must play. But these wings, Fournier, Ross, I think they're too cheap. Sorry, I was yawning. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Parent-teacher conference at 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, I can't get over that. Um, so Jonathan Isaac – you know, you talked about Jonathan Isaac. You talked about Vooch. You talked about Ross. Um, Isaac, probably my favorite play Oof. from the Magic. And the reason that I say that, I really like this spot for Vooch. But it's really hard not to like Paul George and Westbrook if you're spending up on this slate. And I don't think we – I don't – I know we can't play three of them today. Mm -hmm. Um. It's a three-game slate, and we, you know, obviously some value could open up. It, you know, obviously that always happens. We might not be able to play two of those guys today. Um, so I just don't see, and this goes for Kimba too. It, it's just yes, if you're game stacking this game to be contrarian, you can get off of. Westbrook or George or both and play Vooch and Kemba against each other. Do they have the ceiling of those guys? No, those guys are playing insane right now and Schroeder and Grant are already out for that game. Um, so that's why I lean Isaac and Ross over Vooch. Um, I couldn't agree more with you on Ross. 
the Pelicans just didn't show up the other night. Um, oh. That game was just ugly. You know, obviously that's something we have to worry about, you know, for the rest of the season with that team. Um, Fournier shot lights out in the first half of that game. I don't even hate maybe playing Fournier. I hate playing Fournier. Um, but it's a wing type player against your Charlotte team. And, you know, that's that's what we've been attacking them with all season. So I don't mind, you know, Fournier is going to play more minutes than Ross. But if Ross gets hot, you know, he cuts into Fournier's minutes. Um, you know that Coach Clippard, he's a guy that if a guy's hot, he'll play he'll play his guys um, that are shooting the ball well. Uh, I was at a game this season where Drell Martin um, got hot and got like, you know, extra run. So yeah, I was watching that game. I think he hit like three three pointers in a row or something. He, he did. He did. He just stopped chucking them, man. Oh yeah. Um, then missed another one. Hit another one. Um, yeah. I think he had four threes in that game. It was against the Bucks. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at on the Magic here. We know obviously we can spend a lot of time on each of these games today. There's only three games. We asked Twitter for some questions. We'll answer those here in a little while. Um, anything else from this game? Are we moving on? Oh, man. Let's move on. All right. New York at Atlanta. Um, tank versus Tank. 224 total. Uh, Atlanta favored by seven in this game. Moutier is questionable, but probably more on the doubtful side. Nitlakina is out. Um, Herder is probable. Um, everybody else I saw was probable as well, uh, as far as like the Adams goes and um, you know Plumlee still out. So let's start with the Knicks. It is a back-to-back for the Knicks. Fizdale has been ridiculous to try to figure out this season. So obviously that's one of the concerns. But, you know, I, I was doing a, a Grinders Live show with Bobby. I think it was Wednesday. It was either Tuesday. I th- it might have been Tuesday. And it was Tuesday. Um, and, and he was talking about just how Atlanta still stings on defense, but they're starting to realize they're not going to be like, they're going to be like a fifth or sixth pick. And even if they tank, they're not going to be a first pick. And they've been playing, you know, uh, uh, you can use these guys more now. They're playing Trey Young. They're playing Collins. Um, Let's start with New York. You know, obviously New York's on a back-to-back. We hate trusting them. Ah, man, you know, the 76ers just blew New York out in New York. They fly from New York to Atlanta here. Out of nowhere, Robinson was like, I'm going to play 28 minutes and have a big game. Um, And, and, you know, DeAndre Jordan's minutes have been down, so it doesn't shock me that Robinson Mm -hmm. had a big game. Um, Kadeem Allen, you know, you talked about playing him. I ended up playing him as well. Um, What are you doing here with the Knicks uh, against a team that we just absolutely love to attack? Oh, man, I'm stacking the Knicks. No question about it. I am not. That's just a part of my play. So there are two teams that, without question, no matter what, I'm going to stack against every slate. Cleveland and Atlanta. Well, okay, we can make it three. So it's close. Yeah. I made you think about it. it. It's the Washington Wizards and the Atlanta (laughs) Hawks. But Washington and Atlanta are, are my one and two. Because these teams play at such an incredibly high place. That's another reason why today when I found out Kawhi was out, I was really excited about firing up the Raptors. Like I knew that these guys were going to have monster games. Wizards running up and down, running back and forth. Same thing for the Hawks. I can't wait until these guys play each other. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, Just stack the whole game. Same concept here. And you mentioned Mitchell Robinson. He was a guy that I really wanted to highlight because I, I really think this is going to be another upside game for him. You know, you mentioned the fact that DeAndre's minutes were down or have been down. I mean, if you look at the past couple games, 19 tonight against Philly. Yeah, they got blown out. 24 against Cleveland, 25 against Toronto. But, you know, if you look at Mitchell Robinson's minutes equally, they're about the same, 28, 23, 22. And maybe people don't know this about Mitchell Robinson. Let's go ahead and inform them. Mitchell Robinson is averaging over a fantasy point per minute, 1.39 to be exact. So if you're telling me now he's going to get around 25 minutes against the Atlanta Hawks and dial up some of those blocks again, I actually think Mitchell Robinson is my favorite center on this slate. And I did not – listen, you know I hate the Knicks. The Knicks stink. 
<laughs> but that's irrelevant on this three-game slate where they're playing the Atlanta Hawks. So, For sure. I mean, every lineup, I'm starting with Mitchell Robinson and I'm starting with Dennis Smith Jr. And those might be my only two. I know, I know one of these, one of these other guys, probably Kadeem Allen, will probably be my third guy. But you know, one or two of these other guys are going to come through. I just can't peg them. Maybe it's Kevin Knox. His minutes are stable, so I don't. I, yeah, I guess Kevin Knox would, would be okay because his, his minutes are going to be stable. So Knox, Robinson, and uh, and Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not calling them must plays, but I'm saying they're about as close to a must play on this slate outside of Paul George and Russell Westbrook that you're going to get. I think you need to play all three of them. All right. Um, you know, when I'm looking at the Knicks here, obviously I like Robinson too. Um, I don't think it's chasing. The guy has been playing really well, uh, very active defensively against the Atlanta team in a very fast paced game. That is definitely going to open up the upside for steals and blocks. So, I like Robinson. Um, DSJ had a, a bad game against the 76ers. I think he bounces right back here. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be a top play. The other guy that I'm kind of looking at here, Will, in tournaments, I know it, it's risky and I like risky, especially on a on a three-game slate like this, is a guy like Luke Cornett. He is really, really cheap. They've been very careful with him, but out of nowhere, Will, the dude played really, really big minutes um, against the 76ers. Um, 28 minutes uh, on um, Wednesday against the 76ers. Very risky. Very, very risky. But if we see 25, 20, give me 20 minutes against the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm in uh, at, at 3,200. And obviously, it's super risky. You might not even need it. I might not end up on it. But it, it's just something that I noticed from Wednesday to Thursday that, you know, the minutes. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind Allen. I think I'll go back to the wall on Allen. He's still really cheap. The guy that I don't want to play here is Noah Vonley. Um God, this would minute. be a smash spot if he was playing 30 minutes. Yeah, oh, for sure. Man. But it, the, it, it's just the minutes are – they're gone. Um, and he even started on Wednesday against the 76ers and ended up only playing 18 minutes. So um, Vonley would be my least favorite guy here. Um, yeah, it's kind of it. I don't want to play Mario Hazonia. You know, Kevin Knox's minutes, um, you know, disappeared a little bit. I don't know. Um, I know he was in foul trouble a little bit. Maybe that's why Cornette played more minutes. Um, I guess that's uh, something I need to look into. Um, that's probably why Cornette played minutes. Um, so, yeah, maybe that – maybe we don't play Cornette now. Um, <laughs> take back everything I said, but – Will, what are we looking at here on Atlanta? Um, yeah, I kind of just gave a spiel um, about Atlanta, but I, I think like I, I think we can look at some of these pieces here. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, like th this is this is one of the games. I mean, I, I don't think it's too much of a secret to the slate. Obviously, someone is going to come out of nowhere that we don't expect. But the reality is, I, I think this is the this is the game. This is the mother load. Uh, but the problem is both of these teams play so many guys. Atlanta's a little bit more defined. So I, I think because we talked about the fact that earlier, Stephen, I think you made just an awesome point that we might want to play two studs, but will we be able to? Because, you know, maybe we need to, instead of playing Westbrook, maybe we take a shot on a guy like Trey Young, who's I think is a little bit overpriced but could still get there in this matchup against Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was a guy that I would target uh, religiously when he played against in Dallas. So I'm not going to stop because now he's in New York. So I think Trey Young is a, is a great play here. I, I do think he's overpriced, but I think it's worth it to play him today, uh, especially when you're looking at the fact that he's about 300 less than Drew Holiday. I mean, I think he gets kind of lost in no man's land. I don't think anybody wants to pay that price. I, I think you can get away with it on this slate. Uh, you know, Kevin Herter is a guy that I, I guess I don't want to say I've been chasing, but I've been trying to get right. And he hasn't really burned me per se, 
But he's got a little bit upside. And so in this spot, 4,900, maybe you look at him. I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely not going to play Bazemore. He's still got that minutes cap. Uh, and then they've got, um, uh, geez, what's the guy's name? Torian Prince playing minutes, but he he just hasn't gotten there. The usage is down. I mean, you know, he, he did okay against the Lakers, but just outside of that, he just hasn't been producing. Maybe this is another spot. But those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. John Collins, 7,700. I like it, don't love it. And that's about it for me. I'm not really going to look at look at anyone else. But Trey Young, I, I think this is a really good spot for him, even at an elevated price tag. Trey Young is balling um, for sure. I, I like Trey Young a lot here. Um, I like the potential not maybe playing Westbrook. I, I really do think at the end of the day you might need one of Westbrook or George. Oh, I, I do too. I, I think you're going to need one for sure. But I, I could potentially see maybe only playing one of them. Um, um, so. I like Trey Young. I don't mind Collins. I'm kind of on the fence with him. I do actually, like, Prince is a guy that I actually do like in this matchup. You think of New York. You think of the type of guys they like to use. I feel like I feel like Prince plays closer to 30 than 25 in this game. And at his price, I think he's a pretty high floor play here. Um, I don't think he's going to go out and get you 40 fantasy points, but I think 30 is very doable here. Uh, for Prince, and he's 4,700. If he gives me 30 on this slate, I- I'm certainly going to like that. And been a guy that's been criminally underpriced on Fandle, too. I don't have Fandle pricing up in front of me, but um, you know, you could potentially look at him over there as well. So, those are the guys I'm really looking at. Like, Trey Young's is the main target here. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't mind Collins. And, um, you know, Deadman's, Deadman's all over the place. Um, is that it for you on this one? Yes, that is it. As I choke. Oh, man. I have been so thrown off since I got that text. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I am, woo. This is a, uh, you know, the All-Star break is here. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, you know it's here. Um, <laughs> all right, last game on the slate. We've, we've kind of already been talking about this a bunch. It's OKC. It's New Orleans. It's 237 total. Uh, OKC favored by three and a half. Man, if I was in a legal uh, state, I would definitely be taking OKC with three and a half or plus whatever. You know, I, I would be taking the Thunder in this game um, for sure. Grant's out. Schroeder's out. L. Payton's questionable. He's been, you know, banged up. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be shocked if Elf pays, plays this game. Um, being right before the Austin break, they can give him extended time off here. Let's talk Thunder first. Grant and Schroeder off the floor. Um, it, it's really hard not to play one of Paul George and or Westbrook here. Man, yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers – you know, Westbrook, man, 34.2% usage rate, 1.61 fantasy points per minute. We got Paul George at a 29.7% usage rate, 1.44 fantasy points per minute. Man, if you can squeeze them both in, I think you need to do it. They're going to play massive minutes. The problem, the only concern I have is, is New Orleans just going to lay down and die before the All-Star break and just try to make it through the weekend. I really hope they put up a fight here and try to win this game right before the break. Uh, they're at home. God, it would be nice if they just came out swinging so that we could get this upside that we know and love from Westbrook and Paul George. And, and that, that's really all this game depends on, whether or not New Orleans comes out swinging. If they do, you may need Westbrook and Paul George. And and with the way Anthony Davis is priced, you may be able to get away with him too. Uh you know, that's something we just kind of have to look at. But I, I love this spot. A guy that I did want to point out, this is a fringe play. I'm not sure if he's going to get there again. I like Terrence Ferguson, but Deontay Burton came off the bench, played about 25, 26 minutes, put up about 25 fantasy points. Just a, just a, a pure dart throw there, but I did want to point out that they gave him minutes and that he did produce in that limited amount of time. And we know he's not going to get – a whole lot of defense from New Orleans. So if he can put up 25 fantasy points on this slate, I think it's worth it to take a stab at him uh, as well. Um, you know, Steven Adams, 6,200. Hopefully he still has got some upside left in the tank. We haven't seen 40 from him in a while, 
but he's definitely capable. But those would be the guys I'd be looking at from OKC. Yeah, and I looked at Burton as well. I want to point out that it was a career-high 18 points. He shot seven for nine and three for five from the three-point line. But I also wanted to point out that, you know, he played the last 16 minutes of this game. Um, He checked in in the third quarter of this game and played the entire fourth. Now, obviously, you know, he hit some shots there. Um, You know, know, he was – he was five for seven in that 16 minutes. So in the first little bit of run that he got in the first and second quarter, uh, he only took two shots. So I'm a little concerned. And a lot of it has to do, Will, I do agree with you. New Orleans doesn't play a lot of defense. I do think he probably plays 20 minutes in this game. But the outlier to me is the three blocks, right? That's the outlier. And we take those three blocks away, and 19's not bad. 19's not bad at all at his price. Um, the outlier is the blocks for me. But zero rebounds, zero assists. You could be on the floor and the ball could bounce to you in a rebound and you could make up a few of those points. So now we're looking at like over 20 points. I don't hate it. Um, Paul George. Paul George. I talked so much crap about Paul George last year, and he is making me eat every single one of those words. For what it's worth, for what it's worth, I was not wrong about Paul George last year. Was I wrong about Paul George at the beginning of this year? Yes. And I will (laughs) never, ever, ever admit, or I will never, ever, ever sit here and say that uh, not taking L. Um, I have no issues with taking L's whatsoever. That's fine. That's who I am. very transparent and i was really wrong about paul george he's healthy he looks like a scorer that we saw with indiana he's aggressive the dude is just balling out right now um so yes i do like paul george a lot here played him 43 minutes against portland the other night um he just you know we expected some of grant's minutes to go somewhere and they really all went to paul george they didn't all go to paul george but he played a lot. Um, Patrick Patterson's going to play around 20 minutes. I don't think he's really a play. Terrence Ferguson doesn't do anything on the court, but he's going to play close to 30 minutes here. Adams is going to play around 35 minutes. If this game stays close, it's really easy. It's not easy, but we can project where a lot of the minutes are going to come from. It's going to come from George, Adams, Ferguson, and Westbrook. You're going to get fringe-type plays with Raymond Felton, Burton, and Patterson. None of those guys are sexy, but they are all going to play around 20 minutes if this game stays close. This game blows out. Burton probably plays the most minutes. Um, Raymond Felton's a, an old dude that you know they're not going to get him extra run in a blowout. So Nerlens Noel might get extra run in a blowout, but I, I don't think you really want to project blowouts uh, on a three-game slate. So if you're playing Burton, you're hoping this game doesn't stay close and he gets all those fourth-quarter minutes. But really, if this game stays close, like I said, I think it's really easy to project where the majority of the minutes are going to go. Um, Pelican side of things, this team – just absolutely didn't show up the other night. Anthony Davis, he just doesn't look like he wants to play. Um, and I, I hate to say that because we know we know what this guy can do. And, man, Will, is he like the ultimate contrarian play on this slate after just – he burnt me the other night. And now, Will, his price has come down 1300 bucks. Um, can you stomach – putting your hard-earned dollars and clicking that button next to Paul George or Anthony Davis's name. I can, but, but I, uh, I'd i have to be multi-entering to do it. I couldn't do it if I was only doing one. Uh, but, I mean, I also don't want to overthink this, Steve. Like, this, he, he's 9K. So he had a rough game against Orlando. The whole team did, right? But if we just look at what he did against Minnesota and Memphis, he put up over 50 fantasy points, one game in 25 minutes, the next game in 34 minutes. At 9K, if we got 50 from him, we'd be happy on this slate. Like, we'd be ecstatic for 50 fantasy points for 9K. I'm just trying to get past the fact that 
you know, we're thinking there that he's kind of done. He's checked out, you know, one, two, three, Cancun. We're trying to get past that. And I think we need to. At, at, at 9K, he's the best player on the slate. He, he, I mean, really, he's the best value on the slate. At 9K, he could legitimately give us 70 to 80 fantasy points, 90 fantasy points. And no one would be surprised at the end of the night. We'd just be frustrated because he just burned us the game before. I think we need to play him on DK. On FanDuel at 11-5, maybe we think about it. But on DK at 9K, man, I, I think I think he's a lock button. I really do. Uh, I, I don't really like too many other guys from uh, New Orleans. Like, I mean, Drew's there, but I, Drew's okay. Um Kenrich Williams at 5,400. I actually still think he's okay. The whole team just had a rough night. He still played 32 minutes. So I think those guys are okay. Um, but AD, I think he's a lock button man at 9K. I got to get over my bias and just know what the guy can do. That's my spiel. Yeah, and the even crazier thing, like when we're looking and we're comparing sites from like FanDuel to DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, we pull up Fantasy Draft. And Anthony Davis is like 16-3. Um, that's equivalent, like that's equivalent to like 81-50 on DraftKings. Um, so they're really, really daring you to play Anthony Davis over on our sponsor site. And the thing is, like you can build a really respectable Trey Young, Paul George, Anthony Davis team um, over on our sponsor site. Um, obviously, you're gonna need, you know, you have a little bit of value there in the, potentially playing some of those Knicks guys. But you know, just looking at it, like it makes a lot of sense. And I'm a one lineup guy, Will, and I really and I know he burned me the night, but I have a short memory when it comes to DFS, and I know, I just know how good Anthony Davis is. Whether he wants to play, whether he doesn't want to play, whether whatever is going on in this whole situation, I know that if Anthony Davis comes out in this game and plays 30 minutes at this price, he can crush. He can crush me again. That's fine. All you guys and gals can tweet me again for saying that I like Anthony Davis. That's fine. I'm putting my own money on Anthony Davis on this slate. Um, he's just too cheap. He is too cheap. Anthony Davis should never be cheaper than some of the guys that he's cheaper than on this slate. And, and that is my biggest thing here. He should never be cheaper than Kemba. He should never be cheaper than Vooch. Those guys are crushing this season. But Anthony Davis is a guy that can go put up 80 fantasy points um, any given game. So for me, I'm playing Davis. I'm with you, though. I don't really love anything else here from the Pelicans. I, I do like Williams. I, I think we can play Kendrick Williams. Um, his minutes are super secure. The rookie is going to get the minutes. They want him to shoot. He's going to do his thing. Um, so I have zero issues with playing Kendrick Williams. Um if the Orlando game stay closer, he probably plays closer to like 35. That's around what he's been playing recently. So I don't mind playing Kendrick Williams. Um, I, I guess the other guy we need to know is Okafor. Um, he drew the set, he drew the start with Anthony Davis uh, against the Magic the other day um, and played 29 minutes. Obviously, playing next to Anthony Davis limits his upside, but if he's drawing starts, uh, it's certainly something that we needed to note. Yes. All right, well, let's talk uh, morning grind game, and we'll answer some Twitter questions that we got as we were going here. Um, awesome listeners. Let's talk about uh, favorite over-under, only three games. So um, what do you got? Man, give me New York, Atlanta. I'm just going to stay in the vein. Taking the over or the under? Oh, sorry. I'm taking the over. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to take the under in the Orlando game. Gotcha. Just because. Under 5K to 7X. Um, who's your cheap guy here? You mean Mitchell Robinson. You took my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to add to your 7 o'clock. <clears throat> it's okay. I don't have, you don't have to get up at 6.30 in the morning and go to – no, I, I do. I get up that time every morning to take my kids to school. <laughs> yeah. You get up you get up that early every morning? Yeah. Whew. 
I don't um, at all. <laughs> I Do you at least go. come back and like nap? Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. Okay, I'm stalling. By the way, um, yeah, I really don't know who I want to take. Um, you took my guy. Um, give me. Oh man, there's plenty. Yeah, I think there's plenty to five and six x the upside on some of these guys. Give me, you know what? This guy's been playing really good. Give me Kadeem Allen. Yes, I played him today. He was great. Over 8K to not 5X. Who's your bust? Very limited options here. Man, you know, I'm just going to have to go with the one guy that I really think is overpriced a little bit. Let's go with Vooch. I like him, but he's the one guy that I think is just, just really overpriced. So Hedge Life tells me to take Anthony Davis here. Um, but I'm not going to because he's going to crush on the slate. You know, I'm just going to I'm going to continue with my my whole spiel here. I'm going to say Kemba. You know, I took the under on that game, and um, I really just hope that game is, stays really low scoring, and you know we can play these other two games. You yeah. know, favorite six X guy. Who do you got for six X here? Give me DSJ. DSJ. All right. Um. <laughs> um it's an easy one, man. I give me. It up for you. Uh, give me. I really want to say Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm like, where's I'm like, where's Anthony Davis? That's the that's the six X guys. Oh man. You know what? Give me Anthony Davis. Yeah. We're giving you positive mojos, AD. Um, we're sending you your way. Anthony Davis, positive mojos. Um, all right, we got some Twitter questions here. We'll we'll try to answer some of these um really quick. Will Will and I have to get up early tomorrow. Like, ugh. Oh, uh, let's see. One of the questions was where do I find defensive efficiency? Um, that's that's on the Rotor Grinders website. Mm-hmm. Um you can also get it from NBA.com, but it is yeah, NBA.com. Um, one of the easiest sources to use for efficiency, uh, Noto does. He, he kind of yeah. groups it all together um, in the first look. Yeah. Uh, if you want to look at that um, defensive efficiency, he has a whole matchup chart for it. Um, so I'm sure he pulls it off of NBA.com, and it just makes it a little easier. So if you want to look at it. Um, that's what I, I typically use because he's already done the work for me. I don't have to do it. So check out the first look. Um, a breakdown of my full day process. Um, not getting up at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, so uh, we'll we'll talk on this really quick. Um, you know, obviously you're you're doing slate IQ stuff now, so you're projecting minutes and stuff the night before. You're trying to do that. Um. You know, I Monday through Friday I'm doing the podcast. So, you know, night the the process starts for me the night before. I, I don't come on these podcasts with not looking at a slate. That's not who I am. I want an idea. It's a first look podcast, but you know, I, I don't necessarily treat it as a full first look. I, I like to spend 45 minutes to an hour looking at the slate before I jump on the podcast. I like to know what I'm looking at, who I'm looking at, potential bumps which matchups I want to attack. So really the process starts there. Um, then, I, then I tend to go to sleep. Um, eventually I, I don't sleep a lot. Um, so, and, and then when I wake up, um, you know, I'll spend a few minutes with my wife and then, you know, I start, I, I go at it, man. Um, I'm looking at, so Monday through Thursday, I do all the, all the valor, all the salary savers on premium. So I'm looking for guys that are cheap. So that's, you know, looking at guys that are potentially out, trying to see minutes that are up, and then I'm trying to look and see who's maybe in good matchups that are cheap. Um, So that's where I spend a lot of my mornings, and then I start writing my content. Um, And then when I start doing expert surveys, when I start looking at, like, the higher dollar players that, like, I looked at the night before. And you, you might agree with me on this, Will. I feel like... The higher dollar players, we have a really good idea where they stand the night before, as long as everybody plays and stays the same. 
but the cheaper guys change throughout the day. Um, do you agree with that one? Yeah, yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Like you, like you kind of pointed out. You know, I'm doing minutes. You know, like right now or, or earlier, and we roll out Slate IQ. And then what I started doing, I was kind of writing my article at night, but I started changing it. I started writing it like early morning, so I could do it and then kind of get a fresh look and, and gather my thoughts. And you know, that, that's one of the things that I that I started using just to kind of point me in the right direction now. But you know, guys like LeBron, guys like KD, guys like Curry, you know, Greek. Like you said, they're always going to be there. But, you know, I would even go out to venture and say that some of the mid-range guys, so we'll use the Toronto situation like tonight. I would have never played Siakam, but the minute Kawhi was out, like Siakam became a must-play for me. But he wasn't that earlier in the day. Even though they were playing Washington, you know, he just wasn't going to have the same usage. But with Kawhi out, you know, that kind of changed the dynamic of the slate. And then uh, – you know, we ended up with um, uh, Andrew Wiggins out, which means that Luau Deng was going to play more minutes. So, like you said, you know, as, as guys get ruled out, those cheap guys become ever so important to identify. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm looking at that. I get done with my premium content um, usually around, like, 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um by that time, my daughter's home from school. Uh, I'm I'm full on dad mode. Um, you know, I, obviously, I do this for a living. Um, I play full time, so you know, six thirty, six forty-five. I come back in the office. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I only play one lineup per night per NBA. Uh, baseball, I can build my lineups in the morning, and I can adjust at six thirty when all the lineups are out and weather's out and stuff. But awesome! Oh, yeah, great. yeah, I, I know. So. NBA, you know, and at that point, like, I have the app. I know who's out. I know what I want to look at. If I need to pull up Court IQ, I can pull that up. Um, SBK does an awesome job here with a premium um, blog report every day um, for guys that are in and out who could bump up. So I'll have that up on my phone when I'm at dance with my daughter or something um, and just kind of looking at stuff and then, you know, really adjust my lineups from, like, 645. Basketball is a sport that, I don't think it's tinkering. Uh, I think you're you're you know massaging your lineup at 6:45. Um, best advice I can give throughout this whole process is don't fall in love with your lineup because something at 6:45 can change your whole lineup and you have to rebuild the whole thing. So um, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, let, um, let, me, let me add one more thing. To that. No, go right ahead. Close it out. I. You know, I, I'm from the mindset that I always want to at least identify guys that I'm going to play no matter what. And, I mean, I tell, you know, anybody always asks me for advice, like, hey, what are you thinking? How do you, you know, arrive on these plays? I always tell them there are certain guys I don't care what news comes out. Uh, I'm going to play them, just period. And I, I just think that's, that's a great philosophy. At, at least it helps me because I don't want to – scramble as news comes out because you know sometimes the news comes out and like i tell people well you know if, if you were on you know Kawhi leonard all day not today just in general you're on Kawhi, and the news comes out you get off Kawhi, and then end of the night he's dropped 70 and you're like well i was on Kawhi all day why did i get off well the news made you get off you know and so i think i, I think it's very important to and and not like 30 players you know, if you're talking about a cash game or like us where we mostly run single entry. But I'm saying like if you're running one lineup, like for me today, there were there was one guy that no matter what, he was going to be in every lineup. That was Kevin Durant. So no matter what, I didn't care what news came out, he was going to be there. That second guy for me was Larry Nance. Didn't come through like I thought, but he was a guy I refused to let the news sway me off of. And I think that's important as well. Awesome information there. Um, so I'll, I get this question. This is probably my most asked question from family, from friends, from people that I meet at the track. I got asked this question immediately today. today. <laughs> um, at what point in DFS did I make it a full-time job? And oh, yeah, this is always the question that I get asked the most. And, for me, 
so I've been I've been almost it, it, oh it's really close to like four years. Um, this baseball season, sometime this baseball season will be four years for me that I've been doing this as a full time job. And when it became a full time job for me was when I had to start spending six to ten hours a day doing it. Um, I love it. I love the grind. I love this podcast. I love sports. So obviously I loved it, but it got to the point where it was like, all right, I'm doing this like eight to 10 hours a day. I'm building lineups. I'm doing content. This is, you know, I I built a bankroll. I can show now my wife, who was my, my girlfriend uh, at the time, I could show her that we financially are, are, we're fine. You know, I, I have success. I know what I'm doing. And the easiest way for me to explain this to people when I get asked this all the time is, you know, when did it become a full-time job for you? Well, you know, sports is something that I've always loved. So uh, yeah, it's a full-time job, but like, I I just love my job. Um, Every day I love the hustle. I love the grind. You know, I've been up since six o'clock this morning. It's 12.06. I've been doing content all day and here we are answering questions on Twitter and I just love my job. Uh, so yes, it's a full-time job. I don't play as much money as I used to. I, I, I will, you know, gladly say that to anybody that asked me. Um, it is a lot harder now with my daughter being six than when it was when she was two and three years old. I played a lot more money when I first started. I still play a lot of money in NASCAR and baseball, but my basketball and football numbers have been, you know, way down in the years past. Um, so I, I stick to the sports where I make my bank and, um, you know, I, I still, I love NBA basketball last year. I wasn't profitable the year before that was profitable this year. I'm profitable. Um, I'm transparent as hell. Uh, if you have a question for me, I'll always answer it. But, um, well, what made you get into the, I know this story. I've actually, yeah. we've actually had this conversation before, so I know this story. Um, you can share if you'd like. We can pass. We can move on. Yeah, however you want to. Yeah, I'll share. I'm going to give the, the very abbreviated version. But the bottom line is this. Uh, well, no, I'll give give a little bit more than that. But, um, you know, me and my wife were talking, and I was having some really good success. For those of you that may not be familiar with this site, I actually kind of built my bankroll on Fantasy Aces. So uh, I was playing – Fan duel, playing a little bit of DraftKings. Fantasy Draft wasn't around at the time. Um, and a couple other sites that come out, like rosters, just a bunch of random sites. But at any rate, for some reason, I started playing on Aces and I started winning a little bit and I kind of built my bankroll up there. And right before Fantasy Aces kind of went bankrupt, I had transferred all my money out and put it all on FanDuel because on FanDuel, I was really starting to gain some momentum and have some success. And like a week later, I think it's about a week, maybe a week and a half, Fantasy Aces went bankrupt. And I said, oh, my goodness, like what a blessing. Because I'm telling you, had that, had, you know, a couple thousand I had not been there, I don't know what would have happened to my my DFS career. But, you know, my wife was, you know, we saw that I was having some success. And I said, you know, this is something I may want to do full time. And we wrote ourselves a contract. And, you know, in the contract, it was just like, hey, you know, you need to do this, 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 this. But the big thing was, you know, uh, once we paid off everything, then I could go full time. And, um, you know, so we kept working. And one day I woke up and I, told my wife, I was like, hey, you know, we paid off everything. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, everything's paid off. And uh, from that moment on, I've been a full-time DFS player, and uh, I can tell anybody that, that wants to do it, listen, I worked in corporate America, Stevie's worked in corporate America, and it, it's uh, it's one of the greatest freedoms in the world, but it's, it's also one of the greatest responsibilities. You know, I know a lot of times on Twitter, people think we just sit at home in our parents' basement and twiddle our thumbs, but trust me, it's real work going on, you know, from the time we get up until the time we do the pod and sometimes work's going on while we're sleeping because I'm sure we're thinking of something. I know I am. And uh, so it's real work out here. But, uh, you know, even before I started doing this stuff, I I gained a great appreciation for what it takes to, you know, really grind it out day in and day out and fight through the mental mistakes, fight through, you know, 
a, a bad decision you made or fight through a good decision you made that didn't pan out. That's usually probably the toughest one. Um, but but those are the things you got to do to really be successful and, and, and be sustainable in this business. And also know, know which sports you're, you're best at. You know, uh, if you're not good at MMA, like you don't have to play MMA just because they have a contest. Like forget about it. Stick, stick to what you're good at until you get where you want to be and then branch out slowly into the other sports. So, you know, obviously right now, uh, NASCAR will probably be like my weakest sport, but it's because I'm just starting. So I'm not going to start out playing like I'm doing NBA, MLB, NFL, golf. I'm going to start slow. You know, uh, I kind of got with Stevie last year, you know, bouncing my ideas off him and he saw what I did. I mean, I was in the $4 20 entry max on DK and that's all I did. I wasn't trying to, Chase the big score. I was trying to learn and improve. But anyway, I've hogged up enough time. Sorry about yeah, that. Fine. Excellent. Uh, don't ever, don't ever, ever, ever feel sorry um, whatsoever about, you know, answering a question we get from the listeners. So I'm sure everybody appreciates hearing um, how we both got to this point. You know, I, I started working on RG by writing blogs years ago and being active in the forums. And it has just kind of taken off from there. So um, very appreciative of everything that this company has done. So, uh, next question. The, I get this question a lot, Will, too. Um, and I don't want to spend too much more time here answering questions. Um, because, like I said, I have a parent te- teacher conference at 7 a.m., but I'm not getting over this. I'm waking her up when I go in there, um, just so she can be sleepy, just like me. Um, <laughs> I've been a one lineup guy forever, and I've only had real success playing MLB. Is it time to switch to mass multi-entry approach for NBA? I consistently identify top values, but I struggle getting the expensive guys right for some reason. So, all right. So the the biggest question I I have for this, like a counter counter question, um, would be. First of all, be careful going into this. Um, I think it's always good to explore possibilities, right? Um, but if you're good at it, you know the value guys. You know, maybe core your value guys and mix up your expensive guys. Um, and, and I'll let you add here, Will, as we go. Uh, you mass multi at basketball way more than I do. But I could tell you for baseball and for NASCAR, um, football, when I'm mass multi-entering, I started with 20 entry max. I worked with 20 entry max. I played the quarter arcade, not for the money, but to learn the process of doing it. Um, You know, obviously, if you win that thing, it's like, yeah, you know, I won a couple hundred bucks and that's awesome. But I'm playing the quarter arcade because I want real money involved in what I'm doing. And with the quarter arcade, you know, everybody always uses the argument. If, if Oh, you throw 150 lineups in there. You know, why why can't anybody do it in the quarter arcade? And that's that's an argument that's legit. But, like, they, they have these quarter arcades that if you want to mass multi-entry, if you want to put in 50, if you want to put in 100, you want to put in 150 lineups – Use these contests that are not going to cost you eight eight hundred to $1,500 a day to build the process. Make sure you fine-tune your art like in any job or anything you're doing before you just jump into these $8 contests and start throwing in $1,200 to put in 150 teams. Um Maybe 20 entry max is your thing. Maybe three entry max is your thing. For basketball, single entry is my thing. Um, I don't care about going and making 50 grand a night in basketball. I will play single entry. I will stick to what I'm good at. I don't care about anything but doing what I'm good at. And that is what I'm good at in basketball. And... In NASCAR, I have fine-tuned my process over the last three years working very hard at it to be able to go in, spend two or three hours on a Sunday or a Saturday night, Sunday morning, and fine-tune my 150 lineups to where I want it. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't enter 150 lineups. And if you hit that first day, 
That doesn't mean you're an amazing multi multi-enter guy. Look at what you did. Try to learn from that and continue to to do that and learn. You're going to have slates where you have 150 teams in tournaments and 140 of them are not going to cash if, you know, and that is okay. What did I learn? Do I trust my process? What can I do to get better? Uh, and that's just my general multi mass multi-entry approach. Do what works for you. If you're good at baseball with single entry, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be good at basketball with single entry. Basketball is a sport that if you have time before lock, you can gain leverage by playing multiple teams. Do what you do that is good for you. Look at your scores. Compare your scores. Go in and look at the best guys that are putting in 150 lineups every night. Download their CSVs. Look at their process and put in the work. And, and that goes for anything. Um, sorry, I took this one, Will. Um, you want to add anything here? Um, I, I was I, I was on fire here. Like I, I was going. <laughs> Listen, I'll add one quick thing. Uh, figure out which slates you're better at multi-entering. Like that's going to take time. But I don't – and so I do multi-enter for basketball. But I don't do it every day because I know I know which slates I feel good about and that I have a good handle. I say, okay, yeah, today is the day I need to take my shot because I've got a really good handle on where I, where I can almost pinpoint the, every position. So obviously today was, I think, 11 games. I did not multi-enter today. Well, well I did, but I hand-built like five teams. So, you know, th that's a little bit different than when I, like, on Saturday, obviously everybody knows I won. No big deal anymore. See, on Saturday I ran, like, 70 teams. But I kind of went all in on a few guys. I had a good feel. And so, you know, it kind of changed. You know, what people don't know is out of those 70 teams, I probably cashed, like, 50 of them. You see? But but I had a good handle of the slate that day. Um, you know, and they're going to be days where I feel like I have a handle I don't. And, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, I had to grow, you know, look, full disclosure, I took roto courses really early on to learn how to do all the things that I wanted to do. Uh, you know, Eric Crane's got a really good roto course out there about multi-entry um, and, and a lot of the things are transferable. Uh, in golf, I don't, in golf, all I do is multi-enter. I don't play any single entry. I can't. I, I tried it and it just did not work. But for golf, whenever I multi-enter, it's been just gravy crazy successful to where my wife just told me, Hey, you need to play more golf. Like golf is one of your most successful sports and you're not playing it. Like you need to, you need to get involved. So, you know, learn, like, like Stevie said, learn yourself, learn your process. And then, you know, I, I can't say enough about feeling like, you know, when a slate feels good and when you've been struggling all day, trying to figure it out, nothing's coming together. That doesn't mean you won't win on that slate. But that's probably not a slate you, you want to multi-enter because your head's going to be everywhere. You're going to be trying to set a pool. News is going to come out. There's just going to be so many things that impact your thought process. But, you know, on those days where you're feeling good, you've got a good handle. I always recommend those being the days that you take your shine and start small. We, I think, a lot of us probably starting in the, the daily, the, the dollar or the back, back in the day, uh, FanDuel even had like a one dollar that you could multi-enter, and that's kind of how I started for basketball. I didn't start at the nine dollar to fifteen. I started with the one dollar contest, but that's probably what three or four years ago now, Stevie. They don't even have that contest anymore. We're but, getting old, man. Oh, um, yeah, but but that's how I started <laughs> multi-entering and learning with the, the the stuff that you can afford. And um, once 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 you feel like you've gotten better, then maybe you try to move up. But but I, I don't ever recommend anybody overextending themselves because if you want to do it full time, you can really devastate yourself by losing all your money early. All right, we had a lot more questions. Um, obviously, we had some long ones there. Um, you know, these are these are things that like we like to do, and we're not going to always get to all the questions. But um, you know, it was it was definitely fun answering some questions, having some fun with the with shorter slate. But um, again, game selection is very important. It's one of the most overlooked things in DFS, just as a whole. Figuring out which games you're good at, and you know, taking advantage of that. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, we have a bunch of stuff. 
in the industry to do that. But if you're really, really wanting to get serious and try to figure out where your success is coming from, go to Rotor Grinders. And I, yes, I'm a company man, but this product is amazing. Go to Rotor Grinders, go to DFS Analyzer, plug in your stuff. It's going to break down everything for you. It's going to show you the contests that you're doing well and really focus maybe more on those contests and try to be more of a profitable player. And um, that are that is my words of advice for this Valentine's Day three-game slate. I am still very tilted that I have to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and go to a teacher-parents conference. Um, <laughs> and, like, the thing is, we requested this conference, too. Um, my daughter is actually really, really smart and we're just trying to get and figure out how we need to approach. Like she's through all the lists and everything she's supposed to be through for the end of the year and stuff. So we're trying to figure out, um, you know, what we need to do from here moving forward. So I, we requested this conference, but man, who, man, I, I'm going to kick her. I, I'm not actually going to kick her, but I'm going to kick her. Um, Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I need sleep, my dude. Hey, man, I'm, I'm I'm right behind you. I'm getting right in the bed. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, man. You guys are awesome. Enjoy your all-star break. We will have some podcasts. I do not know the schedule. Pay attention to Twitter. Pay attention to Rotor Grinders. We're going to probably do some stuff with uh, PGA and NHL next week before we pick up NBA and get started again. I might do a podcast for NASCAR tomorrow, depending. It all it really all depends on what time I get back from the track tomorrow night um, because it's going to be a late night with the duels. So if you want more NASCAR content, check out my NASCAR package here on Rotor Grinders. Um, all the awesome offer information for all the races this weekend. He is Chief Justice 06. I am Stevie TPFL. Good luck in your contest tonight, and we'll see you guys when we see you.